Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Exodus 32 and 33. Here's a good reason why you should keep reading the Bible, because here we are in the latter part of Exodus, a part we talked about yesterday is where many people start to falter a little bit in their plans to read through the Bible or or the Old Testament. But you keep reading because right here in the middle of this latter half of the book of Exodus, you see a very powerful picture of intimacy with God and a pretty incredible revelation of the glory of God. And I want us to see that today, Uh, probably the first part of that, that intimacy with God through Moses. Uh, Let's just think about a question. What if you were promised the blessing of God without the presence of God? God would bless you. God would take you where you wanted to go in life but he would not really be with you as you did that. Would you accept that deal? Now, obviously, it's probably one of those things you know what the right answer is, but really think about it. You could have your dream job. You could have your dream house. God would say, great, I'm going to give that all to you. I'm just not going with you. What would you say? Would you say, no, God, life is not worth living if you are not with me. I'm not going anywhere if you aren't going with me. That's a picture of the intimacy we see that Moses had with God. And that is something that we, I think, should all aspire to. We should aspire to have this really a hunger and a thirst for God that we see in Moses in today's reading. And then it will kind of lead to a, a breaking point, somewhat of a cliffhanger today, where then tomorrow we will see God reveal his glory to Moses. Now, this picture that we see in the life of Moses happens in the wake of something pretty bad and pretty tragic. And it's one of the familiar stories that we come back to now in Exodus of the golden calf. You see impatience really from the people of Israel. They don't know what has become of Moses up on the mountain. And so they come to Aaron and they say, make us gods. Now, something that I want you to start seeing, because you'll need to notice this throughout the Old Testament this year, um, when you see idolatry, so many times we think, well, they just chucked God aside and went and worshiped idols. Well, what they often do actually is they try to bring in idols with God. Uh, notice even once these this gold calf is made, Aaron says, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. So there is this presentation of this golden calf as the gods who brought them out of the land of Egypt. And then Aaron makes a proclamation and says, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And if you notice how Lord is written there in the ESV, he says, tomorrow shall be a feast to Yahweh. So this idol and this feast are somehow, in their minds, trying to connect to Yahweh. Now, we know that does not work. We know that God has already commanded them in the Ten Commandments, do not do this. But here they are breaking one of the Ten Commandments, and 
engaging in immoral worship. We get the sense from the New Testament there at the end of verse 6 where it says the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play that there is uh, intended there this idea of sexual immorality in their playing. And God then tells Moses what is going on. And God basically says, I am going to wipe them out. And Moses, I'm going to make a great nation of you. And now we start to see Moses and his relationship with God, because Moses goes and he pleads with God. And if you want to have a strong prayer life, there's a couple lessons that you need to learn here from what we see in Moses. And if I could summarize what those lessons are, I would encourage you in your prayers, appeal to God's glory and his character and appeal to his promises. Look at what he says. Moses implored the Lord, his God and said, Oh Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say with evil intent did he bring them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Do you see how he's appealing to really the glory and the honor of God there? Think back to earlier in Exodus where God talks about why he's doing what he's doing, even why Pharaoh is refusing and his heart is being hardened so that God will get glory over the Egyptians and that they will know that he is the Lord. And it's those ideas that Moses here is appealing to saying, what will the Egyptians say now? They will not honor you and know that you are the Lord. They will say you've done something evil, that you brought the people out to destroy them. He appeals to the glory and honor of God. But then next he appeals to the promises of God. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have promised I will give to your offspring and they shall inherit it forever." And the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. Now, let's not get off on the rabbit trail and say, well, how does that work? God relenting. Let's just stick to what the text is saying. Uh, The text is telling us that Moses prayed a prayer that worked. Moses prayed a prayer that God answered. And what is the content of that prayer? Well, he appeals to God's glory and honor, and he appeals to God's promises. And if you want to have an intimacy with God, like Moses did, I want to strongly encourage and exhort you to do the same in your prayers. Appeal to God's glory and honor and appeal to God's promises. For one thing, that may edit a lot of your prayers. There might be some things that you're like, why am I spending so much time praying about this when this is really just about my desires and isn't really based on God's honor or his promises at all? And maybe even in the things that you are praying for, it directs you how to pray. Because when you're praying even for your church or or your family, you're really going at God's honor, right? God, I want our church to honor you. I want my family to honor you. I want you to protect us so that we may honor you even in our reputation, that we would truly be holy and godly so that we can honor you and appeal to the promises of God as you pray to God. You see how important these things are? I hope you learn those lessons from this prayer of Moses. Now, Moses goes back down with these tablets and he sees. And Moses, 
He gets angry and he throws the tablets out of his hand and breaks them at the foot of the mountain. Um, And we see Aaron here give a a, a total kind of pass the blame, a very weak answer in response to what happens. And we see even um, some destruction that happens amongst the people of uh, Israel, that some people had broken loose. And so there, there is even some kind of battle here where some go through and kill some of the people in the camp for what they were doing here in defiance of God. And Moses tells the people that they have sinned a great sin and he goes up to the Lord and he offers even himself. He says in verse 32 of chapter 32, but now if you will forgive their sin, but if not, please blot me out of your book that you have written. And then we get into chapter 33, where we come back to the opening scenario that we talked about today, where God says, hey, go to the promised land. I will send an angel before you to drive out everyone, go up to this land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you. So go enjoy the promised land, guys, but I'm not going with you. And this causes mourning among the people of Israel. But then it tells us about Moses, that there was this tent. The tabernacle is not built yet, but they would go and they would pitch this tent and Moses would go and talk to God. This is an incredible statement in chapter 33, verse 11. Thus, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And Moses goes and he talks to God and he says in verse 12, see you say to me, bring up this people but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you also have found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So another effective prayer from Moses that causes God to say, okay, I will go with you. And look at what he prays for. He's praying, God, show me your ways that I may know you. Is that what your prayers sound like? Are your prayers, God, show me your ways. I want to know you. Or are your prayers, give me this and give me that so I can be happy. And if you wonder why you're not feeling that intimacy and closeness with God like Moses did, maybe that's part of the problem. One thing I think we clearly see with Moses is a big part of his intimacy with God is this man knew how to pray. This man knew how to talk to God. And you can learn from Moses on how you should talk to God. And then as he goes on to talk about these things, again, pleading with God to go with them. In verse 17, the Lord says to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do for you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. Moses said, please show me your glory. Man, is that what your prayers sound like? God, show me your glory. I want to know who you are, God. I want to know what your ways are. And I'm going to always appeal to you and your honor and your promises in your prayers. And then God says that he will make his goodness pass before him, but he's going to hide him uh, in a rock and show him, you know, he can't see his face. So part of his back is is God passes by him. And we'll, we'll see more about that in the next chapter. We'll see more of the glory of God. But today, I really want you to think about this intimacy with God that we see presented in Moses and that he was a man that knew how 
to pray. And his prayers were filled with longing for God's glory. His prayers were filled with longing to know God, to know his ways. His prayers were based on the character and honor of God and the promises of God. And if you want to pursue that kind of closeness with God, I want to encourage you, that's where you need to start. You need to start in prayer. You need to be seeking God's face in prayer, letting your prayers be filled with thoughts like the ones we've seen today. Show me your glory. Show me your ways. God, defend your own honor. Fulfill your promises. I hope that God hears many prayers like that from us today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.